0: I see dead people. It. Awesome. Here's Johnny. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Fuck you, too. Spooky scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrinking skulls will shock your soul, and seal your doom night. Spooky scary skeletons, speak with such a screech.
1: Well, I'm back.
0: Yeah, long, long. Woo!
2: It's been so long, JK. It's been like a week. like two. And, uh, this is. I, I, I suppose this episode is no surprise to anyone. Um,. We've done three other Christmas episodes,
1: and I get all of them. Nobody and he gets else all exclusive of them. rights.
2: I was gonna ask
1: Tenron if he wanted to be on it. Fuck with him. us, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck him. This is my shit. This, this, is, this is your my line show. This is your line in the sand. This is my show.
2: You're putting the line in the sand. See, I was thinking about doing like a um, almost like a Christmas uh, four and five this year because I was given. You know, shout out to Danny Boy. Um, He he sent me so many Christmas stories, but we can only read so many per year. So sorry, Danny. Those those other ones you sent me, they're gonna have to wait another year. But at least you can guarantee, thanks to you, that there will be a Christmas episode next year. And Um, I'll be and I'll be reading them. And you'll be reading them. (laughs) Um, Maybe then, maybe by then, you'll find it in your heart to allow Tanran to. Okay, I'll still just throw it. So, um, Christmas episodes are kind of like a rite of passage with us because I don't think. I don't think we did them the first year. I think we. We did Thanksgiving. We no, did, we, we did do it the first year.
1: Was, we had to. Is
2: Christmas like five and six? Is that like one of our first episodes? Let's. You know, I'm. It's not that I'm stoned, folks. It's just that it was three years ago, so I don't fucking remember. Um, there was this a lot is, of weed smoking this that is, time. This is our, like, three year anniversary month. Like. <laughs> oh
1: my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?
2: Okay. I am in our master list. Let me see. Um. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm just forgetting it. Yeah, episodes five and six. Yeah, that was the
1: first year I we went did to your do it. Our first for, year for Christmas. Remember, we, now, had, we had your aunt's cold. Cold. The food was all cold by the time it got around.
2: And then we did one the next year. she has got like have five. We, have shitsuits. we missed? Have we?
1: <laughs> yeah, surely they're not. all
2: old. Um. <laughs> and she's had many more. They're just all dead. She oh. just keeps recycling them Keeps getting new Yeah. Um Pet cemetery shih tzu We did one the second year um, But I, I think there
1: There had to have been Come on I did the Thanksgiving And then I was did Was there a Christmas. year that we
2: didn't do Was there a year that when we didn't do When I was in Vermont do, maybe uh, Were you there over a Christmas I lived there Yeah then That might have
1: been it So it was last I came Because I came home In January
2: So because we started The show around Christmas We've actually done So the show's only been Happening for three years But have we done Four Christmases I suppose Or have we been Off and on doing The show for four years I don't know anymore I don't know What is the show? So uh, Regardless What is the show? Lots of pasta
1: Oh I thought this was Howard Stern. <laughs> Show gonna, me your titties. I thought you were gonna say Hanukkah pasta. Hanukkah pasta. Um, That's not a vegetable. Come on now. <laughs> Although I'm running out of vegetables, <laughs> you ran out a long time ago. If you're vegetarian,
2: and uh, yeah, I, th- I guess it's <laughs> <tofu> no pasta. <laughs> I guess it's no surprise that uh, this is I'm our a piece of shit. This is our fourth Christmas episode. Um, man, it it feels like it's been a while since we've done Christmas ones, and I don't know why. Because um, uh, did... we were on the naughty list. <laughs> I was on the naughty list you for a while all there. All the
1: I did that in a flash. But in an episode before that, you should fucking go watch it. <laughs> it was probably shit, just like this one's gonna be. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Um, and speaking of filthy animal, I got one on my lap. Her name is Stacy Do. Oh, we need to give her a name. Her name is Padookie Do. <laughs> it's Bandana Jane. <laughs> it's Bandany Jane. <laughs> oh, fun! Uh uh, 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 Captain Death here came up with a funny joke the other day because I have a lot of T Rexes. You know, I like I you know I enjoy the T Rex. Um, hmm. and, uh, yeah, he looked at my phone case and said, hey, that's, uh, 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 Erex, Erectionsaurus, what did you say? What did you say? I can't even remember. I said,
2: no. I said oh, D- Dixie Wrecked.
1: Oh, Dixie, Dixie, hi, I'm Dixie, Dixie a good, it's,
2: it's a good, <laughs> it's a good name, Dixie Wrecked.
1: Oh, yeah, and you know, that's not as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> I actually was. Thanks, making, thank I, you. I, I was making it more funny. All right. So
2: Christmas, Christmas part three. It does say I uploaded it last year. So I suppose we recorded it early to make sure that there was a Christmas episode, uh, uh, at least on year year two. So I suppose we have done three three seasons of Christmas. Right, great. It's just the math didn't make sense in my head yeah, because man. we're at episode one fifty four. Who does math at our age?
1: You know what? I will tell you what sucks about I'm just math. Confused. Uh, how come every year I spend more and more on Christmas presents?
2: Dude, that I actually had that conversation the other day. I think this year, th- this year I spent um, a little bit more than I spent last year. I just sat down and spent like eight hundred dollars all at once. I'm still not done. Um, I'm waiting on one thing that I have to pay for, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's a work-related thing. Yeah, I'm, 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 still not fucking done. So, um, Christmas, this, this Christmas, Christmas uh, shit on your shirt.
1: <laughs> but the very next day... My kids. dick really hurt
2: Oh man I'm
1: cancer God damn it No God damn it It wasn't thinking Fuck you bitch <laughs> Dixie Jane just left me Oh shit
2: Fuck you bitch Look at she was sick of your shit
1: She was mad I was moving too much You know I can't help it I got that restless leg syndrome Oh man Can I be like an X-Men they just like see me coming like Charles Xavier's like rolling in his wheelchair. <laughs> you got like Storm flying and I'm just like hurling myself with legs flying everywhere <laughs> like a fucking horror
2: movie. Oh yeah, like uh what's that uh there's this like Vietnamese horror film about like a head with a the lady boy? No, it's like a dis- disembodied head with its spinal column, and it flies through
1: the air. Yeah, it's like that, except the Mystics of Bali. My I pulled that out of my ass, man. It's ex- a good movie, except it's it's just my legs f- flinging at e- flailing just every you imagine a
2: floating head with a spinal column chasing you through a
1: forest. <laughs> I once uh, found a human spinal column in my fecal matter. <laughs> It was peculiar. <laughs> you might want to go to a doctor for that. <laughs> I hate my life. All right, so yeah, great. Um, you know, yeah, introduce me already piece of shit. Uh,
2: this is episode 154 with Frowns
1: McBoohoo.
0: <laughs> hey guys,
1: I hate myself. Why am I here? Oh. You realize I haven't been paid for any of these?
2: Wow. <laughs> you know, I just... you realize I pay to do this show?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, what?
0: Oh, my uh
1: no, I, I just come done. back for the fans. I've got yeah. like maybe one fans at this only. point. I've got like <laughs> only 9.99 fans fans. <laughs> $9. <laughs> $9, guys. I'm still pitching it. I'm
2: gonna jerk off on every <sighs> pair of shoes you Shit. send me, and it's back. You guys thought it was over just that last episode. You're <laughs> fucking wrong. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Kill yourself.
1: 9.99. N- nine. I changed the price, guys. It's 9.69 now. Hell yeah,
2: Christmas special. I'll
1: take the hit Christmas just to make it special.
2: Crit. <sighs> oh. Chris, Chris, this is Christmas, Chris, Merry Chrysler. <laughs> hey,
1: Chrysler, I don't drive.
2: Merry Krimbus.
1: Crumbus, Krim, crumbs, <laughs> crumbs in my tumble.
2: Oh, so episode <sighs>
1: 154,
2: Chris, Christmas episode four. Oh, you know what? I just made it make sense in my head. There was that one year where I, like not year but there was a period of time where i didn't do the podcast for like 4 months that's mm. why the math isn't making sense in my head cuz we've always had the show on like a christmas but we um but there was a period of time okay right, so now guys, the math makes sense all right, in my head.
1: guys i need I, i'm like only fans aside <sighs> mm-hmm. i really need mm-hmm. your help here yeah i want you to listen to this episode and sell when you're it. done sell it to me i want you Mm-hmm. To yep. go on to our Facebook page, yeah,
2: no, that that's a, and that exists. you need
1: to comment uh-huh. that only uh-huh. Frowns McBoo who gets all the episodes ending in sixty nine. Yeah, no, we made this deal. You're fine. I made that deal. It's a contract. Yeah. All right, so I get Thanksgiving, Christmas, and sixty right, nine. Now that
2: wasn't the deal. This this deal's getting worse and worse all the
1: time. 69. <laughs> no, you guys get, go on. You get and say one that choice. You said your all. choice. Frowns. Gets all! Said, all or nothing, brother! I get all of them! You said... I just you want the said, six... You said... You only came when I want to. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> now come... Oh! oh, oh, oh is that oh. song... Isn't that a song? Yeah, no, you just got Lisa, the words wrong. <laughs> Lisa Loeb, whatever her name is. You got
2: the nerds. is all you got, got the You yeah, got
1: I'm the nerds. And I'm a fucking now. nerd, bro. So... Can we just tell a story? Guys, we got an apple pie waiting upstairs, and I'm really What's, hungry. Is that a
2: story? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's your motivation. It's my payment to you to get through this fucking episode. You said
1: that my family's <laughs> I'm like, eat made of hot went. dogs.
2: <laughs> no, we can't get into that.
1: Oh, um, all right, long story short, you missed a really great, like, half-hour jingle about hot dogs and people being made of hot dogs. Oh, my dogs. God. So, it was great. No, we can't get into no, it. No, I have
2: to explain it now, because you fucking talked about it. All right. So, in Pennsylvania, and it's, like, all over PA, even in, like, Pittsburgh... Um, and around Philly, like, there's this really popular hot dog chain. It doesn't exist, like, anywhere else except maybe, like, California or something, um, but it's called Yakos. If you have Yakos in your state, give us a shout-out, because Yakos is fucking a d- delicious. Their special sauce is, like, a mix of, like, melty cheese, chili, ketchup, and mustard, and they put it on every dog, and it's fucking delicious. But their mascot is this, like, hot dog man with, like, a little crown, and he just always looks, like, way too happy. And we, for some reason, in the car, the jingle came to Frowns' head, and he started singing it, and we just started ad-libbing this life for this man who was turned into a hot dog. Like, the government came and turned him into a hot dog.
1: And then his family was And then turned they turned his hogs. family
2: into hot dogs.
1: And then they fed and him he, his family.
2: He gets... Yeah, he ate his family. <laughs> and then he, like... Sh- and what we're eating is him shitting out hot dogs, you know, across this nation. So that we can, like, feel his pain, essentially.
1: Yeah, it sounds bad. It was bad. But you know but what? But it was also hilarious. It was a good time. Yeah. Um...
2: So we explained that.
1: Yeah. Moving on. I don't know where to go from here.
2: (laughs) Well, we just have to ride the Segway. Story. Right. And we are reading uh, just one Christmas tale this year, which I think is different because... uh, In episode... In our first Christmas one, we read, like, four or five stories. In our second one, we read, like, three or four. And in the the last Christmas one we read, we read, like, five or six short ones. So in this Christmas, we're gonna do one long story. And, um, are you ready? Do you just wanna get into it? Uh, um,
1: uh, uh, death... (laughs) Yeah, let's
2: move. Okay.
1: All right, guys. For the rest of the story, I'm gonna read as if I was um, who's, who's that guy? <laughs> Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Please don't. I don't think you're
2: capable of it.
1: <laughs> oh God! How did he do that? So um, this. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm 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 partially dying. Don't you fucking sigh me, you piece of shit.
2: I'm not sighing. I told you to drink something. I'm not sighing. I'm thinking about that pie
1: upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's my, it. it's my body It's anguish. your
2: end goal. Listen, you gotta get through this with me to get the pie at the end.
1: My end goal is, eternal uh, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the pie is a lie. <laughs> the pie is a lie. <laughs> Alright, um... Oh, speaking of that, anyone who plays Death Stranding... On your birthday, on your actual birthday, you get a cake. Delivered to you? It's a cake. It's like a red cake and Kojima and all his crazy shit actually like fucking photo did whatever. A cake. So someone baked a cake and he used that technology to get it into the fucking game. Yeah. A real cake. It wasn't like CGI. It was a real fucking cake. Nice. Woof. (laughs) Now I want cake. Shut up! <laughs> Alright, so, so, so what's this... What is this so for story? This,
2: so, for this one, I thought it was funny, because in our last episode, we had a couple, like, children oh. and, um... uh Like, flashbacks. And... Uh... That was, like, our, our, our entry to winter episode. It wasn't necessarily Christmas. It wasn't Christmas-related. It was winter-related. So, um... That was kind of an entryway for the the season, but since this is our Christmas episode, of course it has to deal with Santa.
1: Absolutely. That's like
2: the one no-sleep thing. Like, if it's not Santa, there's Krampus. If it's not Krampus, it's about, like, presents. You know, if it's not about that, then it's some type of trope related to bells or elves or fucking snow. Who knows? This one comes from Reddit No Sleep. It's a series. We're gonna do a short series on this episode, and the uh, the entry way, the first part uh, that I think the series is even called as, is called "What Happens When You Write to Satan Instead of Santa," and I think that's funny because it's it's just one letter, just like shifted a little bit. And uh, oh. and it's funny how, oh. how that can happen if perhaps, let's say, a child didn't know how to spell Santa and instead <laughs> wrote a letter to the Dark Lord himself.
1: Isn't there also a meat called Satan? Like, what if he wrote to that meatless th- meat, th- Satan? I think, it, I
2: think it might be spelled
1: differently. What if... <laughs> hear me out. What if... No. He wrote to Santa instead of Satan... Now that would be cool. Now that would be a fucking maybe that's the twist. twist. What? Maybe that's the twist. M Night Shyamalan, child of twi- the corn. The child is M Night Shyamalan, child of the hot dog. The secret sauce is one of kind. Shit. I'm made of people. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> what happens
2: when you write to Satan instead of Santa? Do you want to start this bitch?
1: I'll let you light it first.
2: It never ceases to emit... Wait.
1: Oh, y'all. Rip it. Sip it. It as the, as the wise lesbian of the lake has once famously quoted. Oh, hell yeah. Let me hear it. Pet kitties suck titties spend fitties. Yeah. And cummies are for mummies.
2: Stop it. Now that last one is where we disagree. <laughs> um... Yeah, before we get into this, let's just, let's bring it back to our origin. I'm still feeling the three-year anniversary, which means you're going to have to feel it, too. So let's, let's mentally rewind by about two years back to when we smoked too much weed. And that's it. (laughs) No, no. And then while we're back there, I want you to convene with yourself. Much like the ghost of Christmas oh. future, and you know, just kind of bones it out, bro. Like, yeah, like s- smoke it up with your past self. You know what I'm saying? Ghost of Christmas past. Fucking
1: <laughs> speaking of bones, my knees hurt. <laughs> what's, the,
2: what's the ghost who visits Scrooge? We're Marley and Marley. Marley. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah. guys, if, you, if you're feeling your younger selves, um, <laughs> just don't set off any Amber Alerts, okay?
2: Yeah, man. So, uh, I want you to, uh, get some of that sweet Christmas mistletoe, uh, you know, uh, grind that shit up. but <laughs> Don't actually get mistletoe, I think it's poisonous. Yeah, you'll die. <laughs> you'll die. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I'm talking about marijuana. So, <laughs> get some, uh, sweet herb. Grind that shit up, um and you know, put that Spin in your put that in your favorite uh Christmas receptacle, your uh your new present that you got for Christmas, that new heady pipe that I know those fuckers are loving. I love mine. I
1: tell uh, her she's a dirty bitch.
2: And you uh you take that straight to the dome and you sit back and relax while we read to you some lots of pasta.
1: This is. The Twilight
2: Zone so. This is The pasta Zone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the pasta Zone.
2: What happens when you write to Satan Instead of Santa From Reddit No Sleep It never ceases to amaze me How much trouble kids can get up to In the milliseconds a day When you're not watching them like a hawk One time I took a phone call in the other room for two minutes and came back to find my three-year-old daughter had somehow stripped naked, opened the door, and used the front lawn sprinklers to take a shower. Get that white van ready. Kids, right? Still, I don't know what I'd do without her. She just started kindergarten in the fall, and the days feel strangely quiet without her screaming. But just when my life was beginning to get peaceful, she managed to get up to trouble again, and this time, the solution isn't as simple as keeping the sprinklers off. If I leave them on, she always seems to find a way out to the front yard. No. This problem is serious. It all started with Miss Frazzle. Miss Frazzle is the kind of woman who starts wearing Christmas sweaters with cat hair all over them at the beginning of November. And she decided that since her favorite holiday was merely a month and change away, she was going to have the students write letters to Santa Claus. Ordinarily, that would be fine, but as Miss Frazzle's teaching abilities don't quite match her enthusiasm for cats and candy cane-flavored liqueur, the students' letters got sent out with some spelling errors. As far as I can tell, though, my daughter is the only one who sent her letter out... To Satan instead of Santa
1: Classic mistake
2: Ordinarily That wouldn't be a problem Just another funny story to add to the highlight reel that gets told When the family gets together at Christmas The problem is We got a letter back The envelope was black And smelled faintly of charcoal And when I opened it A piece of folded paper That must have been at least 500 years old Fell out I'll type the contents out to you here.
1: Dear Sarah, thank you so much for your letter. Would you believe that
2: almost nobody bothers to write to me anymore? Well, nobody except Satanists, and those guys are weirdos. I have carefully considered your request for a life-sized living and breathing teddy bear and i believe that our doctors down here have been able to put together a reasonable approximation of what you want franken Teddy's scheduled to arrive shortly after you receive this letter
0: yours truly satan
1: what does i write this by quill candlelight (laughs) I I dipped this ink into the blood blood of of a virgin of a virgin bear (laughs) you're a whore
2: (laughs) (laughs) I must have looked rather stupid as I stood there staring at the letter in my hands my mouth flopping open and closed like a fish as I tried my thoughts in order but I wager I looked even stupider when I turned around to see the seven foot tall teddy bear standing behind me and I screamed like a little girl Teddy seems unfazed by my reaction, and really, I'm sure he's probably used to it. He was patched together with various bits of ragged cloth and covered in what looked suspiciously like bloodstains. One of his eyes was a little black button, and the other looked like a glowing ember set somewhere deep in the back of his head. He spoke in a booming monotonous baritone that made me wonder if his vocal cords had been singed by hellfire.
1: I am freaking No, no, give me say? sec. I'm gonna come up with a teddy bear. teddy bear. It
2: says monotonous baritone.
1: I am freaking teddy. I am here to love you. Oh, um,
2: okay, wow. <laughs> I said, nodding my head vigorously until I realized I was nodding for no reason and stopped. Are you Sarah? Frank and Teddy boomed. I, um, no. I'm Sarah's dad. Listen, I don't really think that... Where is Sarah? Uh, well, she's at school right now, and... Then I will go to school, so that I may love her. Um, wait a second. School is over now, and she'll be home any moment. You can't just... Ah,
1: then I shall wait here. Do you have any souls of the damned? I need souls of the damned to sustain myself. Uh, no, I'm afraid we don't. Cheetos are
2: awful fine. Oh, well, we do have those. (laughs) I'll help myself. I looked back down at the letter as Frank and Teddy wandered into my kitchen and saw that there was a customer service number written on his back. But before I could call it, I heard a scream behind me. I turned around and saw Sarah, standing in the doorway, mouth hanging open as she stared at Frank and Teddy, rummaging through our cabinets and throwing things on the floor in search of Cheetos. Now, Sarah, honey, don't be scared, I said. But Sarah shot past me and leapt on Frank and Teddy's leg, wrapping herself around it, so that she was lifted off the ground whenever he took a step. He's perfect, Daddy! She screamed gleefully.
0: I can't wait to take him to show and tell.
2: Wait, really? I asked, flabbergasted. Hold on, you can't bring a monster teddy bear to. Are you Sarah? Frank and Teddy's booming voice cut me off yet again. Yes! Sarah shouted. (laughs) Frank and Teddy took a knee.
1: My lady. I have been enlisted by the Dark Lord Satan to serve at your pleasure. I will love and protect you, and dare your enemies to shreds if need be.
2: Cool! Sarah shouted, leaping to her feet and hopping around Frank and Teddy in circles. Not knowing what else to do, I typed the customer service number on the back of the letter into my phone with shaking hands. It rang once, and then a tired female voice answered.
1: Hell's customer service, how may I hell you today?
2: (laughs) I, um, wait... Did you just say, how may I hell you? The voice on the other end sighed. It's not my joke.
1: It's just something management forces us to say.
2: I, uh, okay. Listen, I think there's been some sort of mistake. The woman sighed again.
1: Look, all Heaven and Hell placements are final. The appeals appeals process is really more of a formality.
2: What? No, I'm talking about the seven foot tall monster teddy bear that just showed up at my house. The woman said, her tone relaxing must, a bit.
1: Oh, yeah, fuck you. Oh! <laughs> oh! Just go. You must be the Rogers household. Yeah, that's right. Satan wanted to let you know that he hopes your daughter enjoys the gift. Fuck. But that sadly he'll be out of the office until next Wednesday, so he'll check back with you then.
2: Uh, well, can I return it until then?
1: No. The
2: woman said flatly. So, I'm stuck with a giant monster teddy bear until Satan calls me next week? No, of course not. Oh, uh, thank God, I replied, somewhat regretting my phrasing. Satan won't be calling you. She said. He
0: has you scheduled for
2: a face-to-face appointment. A few croaking sounds escaped my throat as she asked me if there was anything else I needed. And when I couldn't answer, I heard her mutter something about how rude humans were before hanging out. You up. fucking suck. I slowly turned around to see Sarah laughing with glee as Frank and Teddy tossed her up in the air and caught her over and over again. I'm not sure how I'm going to keep a 7 foot tall monster teddy hidden from the rest of the neighborhood until Wednesday, nor do I have the slightest idea what I'm going to do when Satan himself shows up on my doorstep. Right now, I know only one thing for certain I'm going to have to buy. More Cheetos. I wonder if he's more of a flaming hot
1: guy or more of a like that would be plain. Good. That would be like, fl- it, yeah, like the hot. The more typical? his asshole burns, probably the better, right? I
2: think that's typical. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's he, a, actually he actually
1: doesn't eat them; he shoves them in his asshole. Do you want to read part two? All right. It
2: is <laughs> part two is titled "The Meeting with Satan."
1: It's amazing how open kids are to new experiences. When you're a kid, you can get excited about anything from cartoons and ice cream to giant monster teddy bears from hell. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should consider yourself lucky and forget about it. But if you're curious, you can find out more here. Basically, my 5-year-old daughter mistakenly wrote a letter to Satan. Wrote a letter to Satan instead of Santa. And well, I don't think Satan has a good grasp of what the kids are into these days, because he sent her a seven-foot tall Frank and Teddy in response. Now, you're all caught up, I'll let you in on the fiasco that's happened since my last post. After a very tense sleepover in which Sarah and Frank and Teddy watched cartoons and played patty cake, and I consumed a near-lethal dose of coffee, I decided that I had no choice but to send Sarah off to school to try to get in touch with Hell's Customer Service again. The line rang once, and a very familiar voice answered, Hell, customer service, how may I hell you
2: today? (laughs) This is Darren Rogers again.
1: Ah, Mr. Rogers. How are Sarah and Frank and Teddy getting along? Well, that's
2: not really the point. I simply can't keep this thing in my house anymore. It doesn't even belong on this planet. Ahem! I turned to see Frank and Teddy standing behind me. Oh, uh... I didn't mean you. I was talking about the, uh, pet hamster.
1: If the hamster is a threat to Sarah's safety, then I shall terminate it with the fury of a demonic legion.
2: No, no, no. Don't. Don't do that.
1: That is preferable. I find the hamster to be cute. I do not wish to obliterate it.
2: I could feel my mouth hanging open. Um, okay.
1: Mr. Rogers the receptionist's stern voice came through the headset. Yes? If you really insist that there's a problem with the teddy bear, Satan had a last minute cancellation and I can get you appointment today instead.
2: Oh, that would be great. Once the appointment?
1: Now! I'll buzz you down in three. Down? What are you... But I was interrupted by a column of black and purple flames that erupted around me. I felt an intense sense of falling before I, la- before I landing with a dull thud on what appeared to be the giant blue beanbag in some sort of cave. I saw that there were two other beanbags present: one exceedingly large purple one that Frank and Teddy had sat on, and a small furry pink one that Sarah was sat on. My mind was numb as I scanned the walls of the cave around me. They were adorned with the skulls of creatures that I had never imagined in my wildest dreams. There was a rounded triangular one with huge eye holes and three small horns and a tiny perfectly spherical one with no features other at all than a mouth and a ten inch cock. I added that in there. (laughs) You don't say. Uh, In the corner of the office sat what I can only... what what sat in the corner... In the corner of the office sat what can only be described as a taxidermy dragon's head. Sarah was staring around with the same look of wonder on her face she'd had when she had first gone to Disney World. At the opposite end of the room, there was a large, polished black desk that looked to be made of obsidian, behind which sat a normal-looking office chair. I didn't have to wonder why Satan wasn't there for very long, because a column of black and purple flames erupted behind the desk. And when the smoke vanished, a great demon was sitting in his chair, grinning at us all, as if we were honored guests he'd been expecting. He was red-skinned under his suit, had two large polished black horns, and a small, neatly trimmed goatee. So, welcome to hell. You know, I don't get
2: many visitors down here. Besides, you know, people who go to hell... And they're generally not very
1: nice. I saw out of the corner of my eye that Sarah had crawled into the dragon's head's mouth with Frank and Teddy, and they were having a tea party. Uh,
2: Sarah, I don't think that you... Don't worry, Darren.
1: The dragon is mostly dead. Uh... Scene seemed unfazed by my lack of eloquence.
2: As I understand it...
0: You have some... problem with Frank and
1: Teddy? You told me the problem was with the hamster, Darren. Frank and Teddy's voice boomed out from inside the dragon's head. I, uh... I am sorry for my outburst. I have not eaten today. You are out of Cheetos. You
2: ate 30 bags. It's okay. Tina... Yes, Mr. Satan. Can you get Frank and Teddy 200 pounds of Cheetos?
1: 300 pounds? 300 pounds of Cheetos. Right away, Mr. Satan. Thank you. I require the proper amount of fuel to love Sarah and eviscerate the salt of the righteous with maximum efficiency. I tried to focus on Satan as a giant blue-skinned demon with bulging muscles and a hatchet sticking out of his head, wheeled in a giant wheelbarrow full of Cheetos. We make them down here. Now, Mr. Rogers,
2: what issue is it that you have with Frank and Teddy? Well, uh, just look at him. He's a monster.
1: A hush fell over the room and I realized the blue-skinned demon was eyeing me like he wanted to hit me.
2: We try not to use the M-word down here, Darren. It's okay, Frisno. He's from Earth. He doesn't know.
1: Frisnel huffed and stomped out of the room, while I once again tried and failed to make noises with my mouth. Darren, Darren, Darren.
2: I'm surprised at you, judging poor Frank and Teddy by his appearance. You should know better than that. I mean, my daughter is cute as a button, and she's the one who put the hatchet in Frisnel's head. You have a daughter? I have 700.
1: Well... I said, trying to forget that Satan had just called me a racist.
2: Sarah is my only daughter, and I just can't help but worry about her when there's um, a giant undead teddy bear thing constantly around.
1: I heard giggling, and turned to see that Sarah had latched onto the back of Frank and Teddy's head, and he was pretending not to know where she was. "'I have been taken in by your deception.' And I am not aware that you are on the back of my head. Satan leaned over his desk, rested his chin on interlocked fingers, and put an expression of deep thought. I think I know what you mean. He's... I know
2: just what to do. You do? Oh, Thank God. I, uh, I mean, Satan...
1: Satan waved his hand dismissively and pushed a button on the intercom Tina yes Mr. Satan
2: can you please send in Miss Hatchetface
1: yes Mr. Satan
2: uh Miss Hatchetface you mean that giant blue um demon was a woman what no we don't judge based on physical appearance here in hell and we certainly don't base names on it Which is lucky for you, Mr. Big Nose. But seriously, I feel your plight, Darren. And that's why I'm going to set you up with my personal nanny to watch over Sarah and Frank and Teddy while you're at work. But I... Don't you worry, Darren. Mrs. Hatchetface is wonderful. She did a great job with my kids. Well, not the first few hundred, but she got the hang of it eventually. Satan, I, um... Boom, boom, boom!
1: The knock that interrupted me nearly knocked the door off the hinges.
2: Oh, that'll be Miss Hatchetface now. You guys are going to get along great, Darren. Great!
1: I didn't know what to say, and so I simply slumped my shoulders and mumbled out an okay. Okay. Satan sprung up and opened the door, and I gasped as I caught sight of Miss Hatchetface, a petite, pink-skinned woman with a small button nose and glittering obsidian eyes.
0: Are you Mr. Rogers?
1: She asked, cocking her head to the side and regarding me with a look of curiosity satan leaned over and whispered she's half succubus in my ear as i shook her soft delicate hand uh i miss Hatchetface's tail twitched as she giggled
0: i've never met a human before are they all as handsome as you
1: my mouth went dry and i suddenly became very aware of how large and awkward my dick was my tongue felt I'll read it. Get back up there. You can cut it, you piece of shit. My tongue how I was awkward. Gonna keep it. My dick in my mouth. Sorry, folks, I forgot to put mouth there. Please continue. So Satan clapped his hands together cheerfully. Are we all set here? I stared into Mrs. Hatchet Fate's deep, glittering black eyes, and before I knew what was happening, my head was nodding up and down of its own accord.
2: Great! Then I'll send you four back up. I can't wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Miss Hatchetface said before a column of black and purple flame swallowed us all. All right. Part three. Frank
2: and Teddy's trip to the park. I arrived back home in a rush of smoke, sucking in a deep breath of clean, fresh air. I'd almost forgotten what air smelled like without the overwhelming presence of sulfur. Miss Hatchetface landed next to me, and Frank and Teddy and Sarah's landed across the room on the sofa. Sarah still clinging to the back of Frank and Teddy's head and giggling like mad. I took another deep breath of fresh air, and then another and another, and soon I realized I was feeling quite a bit dizzy, and the room seemed to be tilting upwards. On second thought, no, I was falling. I felt someone's arms catch me and looked up to see Miss Hatchetface looking down at me before I felt my feet leave the ground, and I realized she was carrying me.
0: Just lay down and relax,
2: placing me on the sofa next to Sarah and Frank and Teddy.
0: You've had a bit of a shock.
2: I gasped out of a reasonable approximation of the word thanks and sank down into the overstuffed leather cushions. But my rest was short-lived as I heard a knock at the door. Miss Hatchetface answered it with a bubbly, Hi. But I couldn't see anybody there. Instead, she bent over and picked something up off the ground. You like looking at my pussy, don't you? It's <laughs>
0: Oh, Mr. Rogers, you've got another letter from Satan.
2: She handed the letter to me, and with a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, I opened it. Dear, <laughs> dear Dan, your name is Dan, right? I'm really bad with names. I'm just going to assume that it's Dan, and if it's not, next time you're in hell, you could let me know. Anyway, the reason I'm writing isn't to ask your name, but to let you know that I went ahead and took care of your little Frank and Teddy problem. The solution is scheduled to be delivered shortly after this letter. Yours truly, Satan." My stomach sank. I had already had experience with Two of Satan's solutions before, and I had gotten to demonic Hellspawn as roommates out of the experience. My suspicions only deepened when a large moving van pulled to a stop in front of my house. What could be inside, I wondered. Was it a giant snake demon? An even larger demon teddy bear? A herd of evil unicorns? I didn't want to know, and since I was still feeling a little woozy, I asked Miss Hatchetface to check for me. She came back hauling a giant wooden crate that must have been ten times her size, and set it outside the front door.
0: How do we get it in?
2: She asked me, and I slowly shook my head. Try the garage? I croaked out. Oh, that's a good idea! She giggled, hauling the crate up as if it were full of feathers. I heard the sound of grinding metal come from the garage, and I quickly found my feet and rushed outside. I saw Miss Hatchetface half squatting, shoving the garage door up with her bare hands. She threw it open in position and stood grinning with her arms crossed, admiring her handiwork.
0: Wow, that door was pretty heavy. Humans must be stronger than I thought.
2: There's a remote. A what? Never mind.
0: we better get this crate inside and crack it open!'
2: My urge to be a gentleman and help her lift the crate was not quite as powerful as my urge to not get a hernia, so I let her move it in herself. When we got inside, she grabbed hold of one of the wooden sides and tore it off with such a force that it hit the wall behind her and shattered into sawdust and splinters. "'Oops!
0: "'Sometimes I don't know my own strength. "'Hercules is a distant ancestor.'
2: "'Right!' I said, too preoccupied with the contents of the box to concentrate on what she had said. Uh, is this what I think it is? I asked.
0: Oh, it sure is! Wow, this really like you! These are rare!
2: Inside the box was a tangled mess of black branches and dark purple leaves. The leaves formed little spirals at the center, of which rested large, orange pinecone-shaped fruit, only it wasn't actually fruit. It was Cheetos. I reached out and snapped off one of the Cheeto fruit, and a new one instantly sprouted at the circle of dark purple leaves surrounding the bud. So it's a Cheeto tree. Yep. Well, all right. I turned around to head back inside when I saw Sarah and Frank and Teddy ambling down the sidewalk hand in hand. Well, hand in paw. Hey! I shouted after them, sprinting as I tried to catch up. By the time I managed to get in front of them, I was out of breath and leaning over my hands on my knees. Where giant teddy bear neighbors was all I managed to gasp out.
0: I think he means you should go back inside so that the neighbors don't see you.
2: I heard Miss Hatchetface's voice say from behind me. I nodded my head vigorously in agreement.
1: I cannot abandon my charge to the wild dangers of suburban neighborhood. I shall accompany her on her quest, no matter the danger, and together we shall go to the park and catch
2: butter
1: fries.
2: They're called...
0: the are butterflies,
1: Sarah giggled. Butterflies? That does not make sense. They are flies coated
2: in butter? Sarah merely giggled in response.
0: Uh, I think it'll be fine if we just get you a disguise first. Let's head back to the house and I'll put one together for you.
1: That is acceptable. But it must be FEARSOME! Of course!
0: Ah, Mr. Rogers, are you okay?
2: I was still too out of breath to answer her and simply gave a thumbs up in response. Right about then, I was really regretting my decision to replace the morning bike rides I used to take with coffee and donuts.
0: Oh, don't worry, Mr. Rogers, I can help you!
2: Miss Hatchetface laughed, lifting me off the ground with ease. When we got back inside, Sarah and Frank and Teddy ran to play upstairs, and Miss Hatchetface set me down on the sofa.
0: You just rest a while,
2: she said, smiling down at me.
0: I think I saw something upstairs that would make a good
2: disguise! Uh, yeah, okay, uh, I'll be here. Miss Hatchetface's hips swayed. As she climbed the staircase.
0: You want to see my
2: pussy, don't you? She paused at the top, and I quickly pretended to look elsewhere as she turned to look at me. She laughed and continued upstairs.
1: For 969 What an me shake idiot. My pussy.
2: <laughs> What an idiot," I thought to myself. "She obviously knew you were checking her out. who just stares at a wall." I clicked on the TV and dozed off for a bit and woke up to Sarah shaking my shoulders.
0: "Daddy, daddy, look!"
2: She squealed. Tenny had been draped in a giant mess of fabric that did, in fact, seem to disguise the fact that he was a giant demon teddy bear. The costume, however, was anything but fierce. It was bright pink and covered in a unicorn pattern, with lace at the bottom that brushed the floor whenever he moved. Are those Sarah's curtains? Yeah,
0: cool, right?
2: Is it fearsome? Uh, sure. I looked pleadingly at Miss face. But why'd you have to use the curtains? Miss Hatchetface shrugged.
0: They were the only thing that was big enough! <laughs>
1: okay. May we go to the park now and exterminate the flies of butter! We're not.
0: We're not gonna exterminate them, just catch them!
1: I make no promises!
2: Yes, yes, you can go to the park and catch butterflies, but I'm coming too. Yes, I am also excited, Miss Hatcherface.
0: Sure, let me just go grab some Cheeto fruit from the for Frank and Teddy. You have Cheeto fruit? Oh yes, Zane sent some over.
1: I am exceedingly pleased by this information.
2: Soon we were all on the way to the park. My trunk crammed to the frim. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm feeling the effects of that edible. <laughs> I said the word bingo. <laughs> Tring- we ate, crammed to the trim. Crammed to the frim. We uh we also uh, decided to partake in some more edibles today. My trunk crammed to the brim Ooh, with tr- Cheeto fruit. Yeah, I could go for some Cheeto fruit. <laughs> me, trying to keep my eyes off Miss Hatchetface in the passenger seat while Sarah bounced around excitedly in the back seat with Frank and Teddy. When we got to the park, Miss Hatchetface and I sat on the bench and watched Sarah and Teddy play for a while with butterfly nets.
0: So, Mr. Roger?
2: Miss Hatchetface began turning those big, glittering black eyes towards me.
0: Is there a Mrs. Rogers in your life
2: at all? My tongue began to feel cumbersome and clumsy, as it always did when Miss Hatchetface looked at me with those eyes. I, um, no, not anymore. I managed to choke out. Really? What happened? She, um, she passed away shortly after Sarah was born.
0: I didn't mean to bring up something so painful. No, it's
2: okay. You didn't know.
0: Let's change the subject.
2: She said, her eyes shifting themselves to the ground.
0: You want to see my pussy? <laughs> Come on,
2: let's read the story.
0: I mean, uh, uh,
2: what do you do for a living? I'm a writer.
0: Oh, really? That's so amazing. I think everybody was wanting to to write a book at some point, but most of them never actually do.
2: Well, in a way, it's my wife's death that inspired me to start writing.
0: Oh, really?
2: How so? Well, stories have structure. There's good guys and bad guys, and, well... When bad things happen, they usually happen for a reason, like the character is being punished for something bad they did or something. But in real life, they just happen because they happen. I guess I just wanted a break from real life. I thought about the pussy. <laughs> you you just, see God damn it! See my pussy? <laughs> I looked up to see Miss Hatchetface's big black eyes had grown moist around the edges. Oh, baby.
1: Yeah. We stared
2: at each other in silence for a moment. Then there was a scream, and the moment was over. We both jumped to our feet and rushed towards Sarah to see her sitting on the ground crying while Josh, the neighborhood bully, was pulling the wings off her butterflies and laughing. Oh, he's gonna
1: fuck her up. I saw a
2: pink blur in my peripheral vision, and I realized it was Frank and Tenny as he scooped the boy off the ground by the back of the shirt and began to shout at him in his cackling baritone.
1: He's gonna fuck him. You are not permitted to harm the Princess Sarah's slice of butter!
2: He boomed out so loudly that Josh covered his ears with his hands.
1: You will apologize to the Princess Sarah, and then I shall send you to hell for it, so that you may be judged for your sins.
0: Please, God, no!
1: I'm gonna fuck you, kid. God will not save you from the fuck. Or the Dark Lord Satan!
2: But Sarah did save him. She reached out and gently tugged on Frank and Teddy's paw and said, It's okay, Frank and Teddy. He's not worth our time. Just let him go. Frank and Teddy dropped Josh into a sobering heap, and Josh wasted no time in dashing out to the park as fast as his feet could carry him, while Frank and Teddy called after him.
1: The judgment in hell is not so lenient.
2: Sarah stared down at the dead butterflies and Miss Hatchet-Faced covered her mouth.
1: There is no greater honor than to die in battle.
2: Yeah, I guess so, Sarah replied, sounding unconvinced.
1: I believe that I have detected insecurity, insincerity in your voice. Allow me to rectify the
2: situation. Frank and Teddy bent down and picked up the dead butterflies up in his hands, and a cloud of dark smoke swirled around them, and then miraculously they began to fly. Wow, Frank and Teddy, Sarah squealed, you brought them back
1: to life.
2: I've merely
1: endowed them with the power of Satan.
2: As I watched Sarah and Frank and Teddy playing with the newly revived butterflies, I realized that I'd been wrong to judge Teddy based on the way he looked. I realized he wasn't that bad at all. I realized that he could be just what this family needed. That is, until the butterflies started breathing
1: fire. I, like, imagine, like, the butterflies turning black, and then turning upside down, (laughs) flying away, and, like, Death Metal started (laughs) Oh my god, Teddy, Frank and Teddy is every goth metal singer ever. (laughs) Every
2: metalcore band in existence. Is run by, yeah, is Satan, yes. Part four. The neighbor wants to fight Frank and Teddy. The neighbor wants to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, call me up, sis. Fire-breathing butterflies were whizzing around my head when I got the call from Josh's parents. We had tried to put them in a jar, but apparently old jam jars are no match for hellfire, and the butterflies had burned their way through. They had also managed to burn through four of my curtains, one couch cushion, and all of our ice cream, though I suspect that was actually Frank and Teddy, and yet they seemed completely immune to their own fire. I struggled to pay attention as Josh's mom, just as much as bully as he was, shrieked at me on the other end. If you think for a second that you could get away with having <coughs> some goat
0: assault and threaten my child, I've got bad news for you!
2: Well, um, you see, Josh was pulling the wings off of Sarah's butterflies and I
0: don't give a shit about the stupid
1: bugs! You know what, smart guy? I'm gonna have my husband come over there and kick your ass! I'm gonna watch Teddy
2: Rita, I really don't think that's a good idea because. The line clicked dead in the middle of my sentence, and sure enough, within a minute, <laughs> Rita's husband oh, was pounding on my door. Miss Hatchetface answered the door to reveal Rita's husband, Mike, a heavily tattooed man with way more biceps than brains, in a tight shirt that looked like someone had vomited rhinestones all over it. Ooh. So, he began in what I can only assume was his best tough guy voice. Where the fuck is this guy who threatened my kid?
0: Oh, and teddy I think he's upstairs trying on dresses with Sarah. Hey, Frank and teddy
2: Miss Hatchetface called out. Mike looked a little bit unsure of himself as the seven-foot-tall teddy bear dressed in a unicorn cloak descended the stairs. I have answered
1: the Lady Hatchetface
2: call. He boomed out in a voice so loud I could feel it in my gut. This- oh,
1: Miss Hatchetface.
0: This man wanted to talk to you about what happened with Josh.
1: I regret that I did not send him to hell, but I believe that fate shall afford me yet another opportunity.
2: That seemed to make Mike angry enough that he forgot his common sense at that moment, and he jammed a finger into Frank and Teddy's chest as he spoke.
0: Nobody threatens my family,
2: he said through clenched teeth. I'm
1: gonna kick your fucking ass, bro. And I'm going to face fuck you into hell and back. I am not in possession of an ass. I lack the human need to defecate. I mean, I'm gonna fight you, bro. I am not designed for fighting. I am designed for loving. Would you like for me to love you instead?
2: Mike's mouth hung open in stunned silence. Are you coming on to me? He asked, his voice much smaller that that time. You know what? He cleared his throat. I don't need this. I'm just going to call the cops. I'll see you in hell, buddy.
0: If that is what you wish. (coughs)
2: <coughs> Frank and Teddy replied, and before I knew what was happening, there was a black and purple swirl of flames around the two of them and they disappeared. Oh, he took him down to fuck the shit out of them. Did, I said weakly, did, did he just take him to hell? <laughs>
0: Rick and Daddy's always been a bit literal. I'll go fetch them.
2: She stood there for a moment with a placid smile on her face. Are you... going to fetch them?
0: Oh, right now? Okay, sure, why not?
2: With that, Miss Hatchetface disappeared in a puff of purple flames and smoke. My head began to feel warm on one side, and I wondered for a moment if I was having a stroke. <laughs> strong... <laughs> Then I caught a glimpse of myself in the picture frame. My head was on fire. <laughs> Fuck. Before I had time to panic, I felt a cold blast and my vision went white and I realized I was covered in foam. I turned around to see Sarah holding the mini fire extinguisher from under the kitchen sink and grinned. Thanks for uh, f- my sentence, was cut off by foam as the fire extinguisher blasted me in the face again.
0: Sorry, Dad! What
2: if he. <laughs> you were
0: still on fire a what, bit.
2: What if
1: he stored his coke in there? And he just got <laughs> blasted, just blasted in the face the coke. with coke. <laughs> <gasps>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, honey. <laughs> I heard the familiar sound of rushing air that was usually accompanied by black and purple flames, and turned around to see that Miss Hatchetface had returned along with Frank and Teddy, and a much paler-looking Mike. Demons, Mike stuttered. I
1: saw demons. Jesus, Frank and Teddy, where did you take him? I delivered my guest to the gates of Hell, city's greatest hellscape.
2: You, you what now? The hellscapes are like hell's theme parks! Oh, that that doesn't sound so bad.
0: Well, not for the demons, no. But for the damned souls, it's more like a themed arena of torture! Oh.
1: You do not understand why the... I do not understand why the human did not enjoy his trip. They were snow cones!
0: But they were made of human blood!
1: But they were, oh, positive, the most delicious kind of human blood! Miss Hatchetface's
2: tail twitched as she giggled. <laughs> well, uh, is there any way we could maybe make sure he doesn't remember what happened?
1: I believe I can be of assistance,
2: Frank and Teddy replied and before I could stop him he used his enormous paw to bash Mike over the head. <laughs> Mike immediately fell over either unconscious or dead.
1: <laughs> Have I seen this technique employed in the black squares you refer to as Teddy vision? You mean television? What is a
2: tele? (laughs) It's short for telecom... You know what? Never mind. Very well. So what should we do with him? I said, staring at Mike's unconscious form, drooling onto my carpet. Lady Hurt's
1: has informed me that the humans do not eat other humans. I have no other suggestions.
2: Just then. An ear-splitting scream filled the air, and I saw our neighbor Rita standing in the doorway, hands on either sides of her face and pale as snow.
1: What did you do to my
2: husband? She wailed, throwing herself on the ground and slapping Mike's face hysterically in what I can only assume was an attempt to wake him. She must not have quite believed him when he said he was okay, because she slapped him a few more times just to make sure. When she was done making sure that he was still alive, she looked up at all of us. Her eyes were bulging out of the sockets as she pointed a shaking finger at me. "'You!' she said, her face so red that she made the pink-skinned Miss Hatchet face look like an albino. "'I've
0: already called the cops on you freaks! You're all going to jail for a very long time!'
2: As if on cue... A police cruiser rolled to a slow stop in front of my house, and two officers made their way slowly toward my door. Which one of you is Rita? The tall, dark-haired officer asked. I am! Rita practically shouted as she jumped to her feet. And these, she said with venom in her voice, these are the freaks who attacked my husband and son. Miss Hatchetface grinned. At the officer's placidly As her tail snaked its way Up under her skirt Until it was hidden from view Are you the husband? The other officer asked Kneeling down on the ground next to Mike With a sympathetic expression on his face Yes, Mike said Officer, he whispered These
0: people aren't human
2: They're not? The officer asked A thin crease spreading across his brow No, Mike said
0: They took me to hell. I saw demons. and Monsters.
2: (laughs) 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 Okay, well I've heard enough. The first officer cut him off, turning Rita. Lady, you know it's a crime to prank call 911, right? What? Rita's mouth flopped open like some sort of fish. You're acting like I'm in the wrong here? These people, these, these freaks attacked my family. The dark-haired officer shook his head. Where I'm from, we don't call people who look different from us freaks. You can either vacate the premises on your own, or you can vacate them in the back of my squad car. Rita's face took on a cartoonish expression of disbelief, but when she saw that the officer wasn't kidding, she grabbed Mike's arm and attempted to tug him to his feet. After an awkward moment of struggling, the two were stumbling away back to their house. The first officer turned to Frank and Teddy and said sympathetically, My cousin has a growth hormone condition, too. You just let me know if those people will cause you any more trouble. He set his business card on the table next to the front door and motioned for his partner to leave. Oh, and I know it's none of my business, but you should really get some aloe vera for that sunburn. You just don't. I mean, not that you don't look beautiful. I just, I mean, you're very beautiful. And his partner loudly cleared his throat and patted the rambling Rambo- officer on his back. Ah, <coughs> uh, right. Time to go. Of course. Miss Hatch's face g- giggled <laughs> as she shut the door behind them. Well, that went better than I expected. I mean, that that really almost got out of hand.
1: Indeed. "'I was almost unable to purchase a souvenir for Princess Sarah.' "'Wait, what?'
0: "'Hooray, a souvenir!'
1: Frank
2: and Teddy began rummaging around in his unicorn cloak, and I held held my breath, dreading what he could pull out. I let out a long sigh of relief when he produced an ordinary-looking TV remote. "'What does it do?' Sarah asked, tilting her head to the side.
1: "'I don't think that's an appropriate gift for a child.' "'Nonsense!' It's a child-friendly one!
2: A child-friendly what? Miss Hatchetface plucked the remote out of Frank and Teddy's paw and began to laugh to herself.
0: Oh, I see! Inhale the TVs, watch the punishments on a sort of reality TV.
2: She explained, turning towards me.
0: And they can select the punishment they want to see with their TV remote controls.
2: Wait, what? but
0: this one is for child demons. Take a look. The remote was
2: black plastic and looked like any other TV remote control you'd find at a store. (coughs) Printed across the top in silver letters was the phrase, the remote of minor inconveniences. Instead of numbers and menu buttons, it was covered in buttons that said things like tickle, tinnitus, unscratchable itch, at the center of the remote were two big purple plus and minus buttons that simply said INTENSITY. I realized that Sarah was standing on her tiptoes behind me, too late to stop her from snatching it out of my hand and mashing the tickle button as she pointed at Frank and Teddy, who immediately erupted into roars of laughter.
1: <laughs> I find no humor in this situation. But I, am unable.
2: <laughs> I was about to take the remote away when Miss Hatchetface caught my eye and smiled. I forgot what I was doing.
0: Why don't we leave it to them, Mr. Rogers? I had um, a private matter I wanted to discuss with you. It's a,
2: a private private matter. Hmm. Those glittering obsidian eyes were like bottomless pools of water shimmering in the moonlight as they drew me in.
0: Yes, but let's keep it between us two. Maybe we could go somewhere more discreet. Look at my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, no, yeah, discreet. That's a great idea. She smiled as she reached out and grabbed my hand, leading me slowly across the room and up the stairs. She led me into the master bedroom, and sat me down on the bed, (laughs) Closing and locking the door behind her, before turning towards me. One corner of her mouth was raised into a smirk as she looked at me and said,
0: So about the
2: private
0: matter...
2: Part 5, my discussion with a succubus. I woke up the morning after my discussion with Miss Hatchetface feeling sore both mentally and physically. It turns out that she had wanted to discuss some things that my body and mind were both woefully unprepared for, and for the sake of maintaining what shreds of my dignity remain, I'd rather not recount them here. I'll only say that the experience left me drained and satisfied the way one might feel after running a marathon and being beaten with shoes after they crossed the finish line. Regardless, I hope it to be the first of many long, deep conversations to come. The next morning, Miss Hatchetface brought me a tray of what I'd call a demon's best attempt at breakfast in bed. She set the tray down on my lap as I fidgeted about in my torn and burned pajamas. I tried to suppress the look of deep discomfort that came reflexively to my face as I eyed my questionable breakfast. There was a large bowl filled with a mess of shiny black tentacles, still worming their way around in a green slime, a small dessert plate that seemed to consist of nothing but purple flames, and a wine glass of what I surmised by smell, to-be-pure gasoline. Wow, this looks wow, I said, feeling rather unconfident in my poker face.
0: Well... I competed in Hell's Iron Chef Contest.
2: Miss Hatchetface said proudly. Really, I had no idea Hell had an Iron Chef Contest.
0: Oh, yes. Although I didn't win, the medical examiner who performed the autopsy determined that it could not be conclusive, proven that it was my food that had poisoned the taster. Ah. Uh. Anyway, see that? You'll need to gain some strength back after... Last night.
2: I, um, I cleared my throat nervously.
1: I'm not hungry. Are you sure? Because I've had some grave and unexpected news. Oh, that wasn't going where I thought it was. Okay.
0: Because I had some grave and unexpected news for you. And I was hoping to at least get your blood sugar up before I told you.
2: You you what now? I asked, nervously scratching my thigh through one of the burn holes in my pajama pants.
0: I wanted to talk about Sarah.
2: What about her?
0: Don't you think it's a little odd that Satan answered her letter with a seven-foot-tall demon teddy bear?
2: Well, gee, now that you mention it.
0: What I mean to say is,
2: Miss Hatchetface leaned in a bit closer to me, and I caught the scent of burning firewood with an undertone of something musky and sweet rising from her skin.
0: Do you have any demon blood in your family?
2: Oh, actually, my grandfather was a demon.
0: Oh, really?
2: No. I felt her tail, soft like lambskin, slapping gently against my calf muscle as she giggled. Do you like my pussy slapping? Your, your leg, bitch.
0: You fucking bitch. <laughs> Why are you angry now?
1: Goddamn, goddamn coward. You fucking, God, piece you, of you fucking shit. coward. Oh, you fucking cross coward. coward. Get back here. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I hate it <you> so much. <laughs> Give me some more.
0: What? Well, <laughs> apple,
1: I wanted to finish it. I want the apple, apple pie in here. <laughs> you're funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> Am I? I feel like my eyes are gonna I, fall I, I, from this. My, next line's here
2: I don't want <laughs> All
1: right. Well, mini breakdown, We're guys. More than
0: halfway back.
1: Like,
0: you're funny, Mr. Rogers.
2: She said, but her voice lowered in a conspiratorial tone as she leaned in closer.
0: Do
1: you Do you think Satan is No, it's her. No. Well, d- a darker, more conceptual tone. You know, like,
0: do you think Satan answers mail from every little girl that sends letters to him?
2: <laughs> she asked her voice full of earnestness. I uh I didn't get there. How many little girls send letters to Satan?
1: i didn't didn't finish the other part just read oh no you were gonna plug your voice line in there i'm just trying to continue don't talk to me (laughs) 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 Ah!
0: you're You're
1: gonna voice me over you don't even need me anymore
2: oh no No, I really don't. This is all a sham. It's all a sham. I could do the show by myself, folks. I could do it by myself.
1: oh Fuck. All right. Oh, oh. All right. Okay. Hold on. All right. Okay. My face is really hot. Yeah, man. Right. and for nine ninety nine a month on my vlog. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs>
2: You caught it here first, folks. You didn't think another ad was coming for OnlyFans.com. But here I am, whacking my yako dog to this OnlyFans material, Nine ninety nine dollars 99 frowns McBunghole.
1: I, I'm going to jerk off on depictions of Jack Nicholson movies. <laughs> oh... Oh, I would pay I would I would pay for it
2: starting with uh, the wonderful film <laughs> Bucket List starring
1: Jack Nicholson and, and Morgan Freeman, Freeman. <clears throat> Did you know that Jack Nicholson bl- Morgan Freeman
2: Yeah of course I did he's Jack
1: Nicholson <laughs> <laughs> can you,
2: can you <laughs> The slide is yours
0: Oh wow, But I was he's such a nice time You gotta
2: get back to the story okay. okay I'm even reading it as fast as I can <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: took, I took a couple steps back <laughs> I can't give you overdrive anymore <laughs> I lost it It's okay Well <laughs> Well I'm
2: an actor. Do you remember her, her high-pitched voice?
0: Well, they have to send them to somebody, don't they?
2: Who is that? Is that Ghost Princess? I guess, maybe. <laughs> she said,
0: I mean, Santa never answers them. That's That fat old drunk.
2: Are you really saying that Santa Claus is actually...
0: <coughs> Look! She, she cut me off. Most girls wouldn't be terrified to death of a thing like Frank and Teddy, but Sarah seems to have a natural affinity for him. She seems to have no problem controlling him whatsoever. Can you do that?
2: Well, no, but I thought that that was because of how Satan designed him. She laughed heartily. This, ah, time, ah, this time, I was sure her tail must have left a mark as it slapped my shins.
1: Ooh. F- harder. Satan. Look at my pussy. <laughs> shit.
0: Satan.
1: <laughs> Look at my shit.
2: <laughs> Look Satan. at my shins.
0: The spice. Maron. The spice alone. <laughs> Satan doesn't design anything. He just sits behind that desk and tells other people to design things.
2: Still, though. Somebody designed him.
0: Well, yes, but he has the soul of a demon. No ordinary mortal would be able to tame him. Satan must have known that. Otherwise, he would never would have sent such a dangerous present here in the first
2: place. Oh, I'm assuming the twist is that Sarah isn't his daughter. Sarah is Satan's daughter. Yeah, that's what I, think, brother. I wasn't sure if I trusted Miss Hatchetface's assessment. <coughs> After all, my few experiences with Satan's judgment have resulted in fire breathing butterflies, a TV remote that gave you tinnitus, and a giant teddy bear who had sent my neighbor to hell. Then again, it had also resulted in Miss Hatchetface herself, and I couldn't really fault him for that. So, what does it mean? I asked her, dreading that the answer would be anything but nothing at all. Your daughter is still your sweet little angel, and nothing at all has to change. But that wasn't the answer Miss Hatchetface gave.
0: Well, it just means that instead of learning the piano or some saxophone after school, you should consider Sarah getting a tutor in satanic magic.
2: Oh, is that all? I asked, suddenly yes. growing very dizzy and taking a sip of the gasoline drink that Miss Hatcherface had brought me that morning. Oh. This tastes like vanilla.
0: Yes, it does!
2: Miss Hatcherface?
0: Yes, Mr. Rogers? Are
2: my ears smoking?
0: Yes, Mr. Rogers!
2: Okay. I took about an hour for the smoke in my ears to thin out in a light gray steam, and by that time Miss Hatchetface had managed to convince me that getting Sarah an after-school satanic magic tutor was the right thing to do for our family. We were standing in the living room, my stomach rumbling as I watched Sarah lightly torment Frank and Teddy with the remote of minor inconvenience. First she gave him a pig's tail, then she blew his ears up to the size of dinner plates. Uh, Finally, she summoned a little blue sparrow that sat on his head and lightly pecked him every few seconds. Frank and Teddy didn't seem to mind the ears. He didn't seem to even notice the sparrow, but the pig's tail seemed to be concerning him greatly.
1: I... I do not understand the purpose of this small twirling
2: appendage. He boomed out, craning his neck and around to have a better look at it. It's funny!
1: Ah... Ah... I see. The purp, the porp, the paupers' humor. I am suitably amused. Oh, 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 oh. Sarah threw
2: her head back against the couch cushions and kicked her feet up <coughs> and down as she erupted into wild giggling. Ahem. I cleared my throat in a non effectual attempt to get their attention. I turned hopelessly to Miss Hatchetface, who stuck two fingers in her mouth and wolf-whistled so loudly that the two picture frames on the mantelpiece cracked. Ahem, I said again, noting that my voice suddenly seemed quieter, even though I was sure it was just speaking at the same volume. Sarah? Miss Hatchetface and I have had a discussion, and we've decided that from now on you're going to be receiving lessons from a tutor in Satanic Magic after school. My hope would be that Sarah would balk at the prospect of receiving any kind of lesson after school was quashed by her enthusiastic hooray, and I resigned myself to the fact that I was going to be inviting yet another demon into a household which had already begun to feel crowded with them. So, I said, turning a little morosely back to Miss Hatchetface, now that that's settled, I guess we should write Satan up and have him send somebody to us. Miss Hatched's face opened her mouth to answer, but she was interrupted by a rigid three knocks at the front door. She grinned sheepishly, saying,
0: <coughs> That should be her now!
2: Before I could ask just how in the hell, no pun intended, Satan had managed to already find out about that, I had agreed the door was swinging open, and my heart was sinking all the way down to my stomach as I saw who—no, what—was standing in my doorway. It had the stooped, slumping shoulders of an old woman draped in an ugly, vomit-green sweater that had little yarn baubles hanging off the ends of the sleeves. A reptilian tail poked out the bottom of a thick canvas shirt, slapping on my porch in the same steady rhythm someone who has been kept waiting might impatiently tap their foot. But worst of all was her face. It was the face of an old woman, lines so many times over by unforgiving years that it looked like a crumpled piece of tissue paper with veins underneath. Hello! It's angry, (laughs) reptile yellow eyes were distorted behind the thick fishbowl lenses of its bifocals the face wasn't the worst because it was ugly, no, <coughs> no that I could handle, the face was the worst because it was the face of my 6th grade English teacher Miss Robbins Robins. if you're gonna do it you have to commit alright <coughs> Hilarious <dear. laughs> Miss Robbins <laughs> croaked out in her trademark tone of perpetual disappointment. I, what the hell are you doing here? Miss Robbins clucked her tongue the way she did when it was about when I when she, when she was about to tell you off.
1: I do not allure foul language in my classroom. Darren, Darren. No matter how earn you earn, you're (laughs) You're from hell, (laughs) I said desperately. How could that possibly offend you? would it offend you if i used your home country as an explosive dairy as miss robbins
2: looked over her bifocals at me fixing me with that yellow reptilian gaze i all of a sudden felt like i was in sixth grade again and had done something very very wrong like going to the bathroom without a pass i opened my mouth closed it again and turned to miss Hatchetface. face I'm not having this spiteful old biddy teaching my kids, I said firmly. But before Miss Hatchetface could respond, I heard another smattering of giggles and turned to see Sarah standing on the end of Miss Robbins' tail as it clicked up and down, bouncing her up in the air a few inches each time. Miss Robbins was grinning down at her, the kindness of the smile managing to take some of the ugly out of
1: her face. Is that it's that the it's new Ra- character? Robin. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yes, dearer. is quite
2: fun, isn't it? I sat. I suddenly remembered why <coughs> I hated Miss Robins so much as a kid. It was because she treated the boys like hooligans and the girls like princesses. And she wasn't such a bad English teacher in the end. I had grown up to be a writer, after all. Sarah turned to me, errant strands of hair falling over her face and sticking to her mouth. She promptly puffed them away. Can she stay, Daddy? She asked, putting on the same look she did when she wanted an extra scoop of ice cream, or an extra hour before bedtime. A look that she knew cut right through to my heart and turned me into a yes machine. Can't she? I looked from Sarah's hopeful puppy dog eyes to Miss Hatchetface's encouraging grin to Frank and Teddy's indifference as the sparrow continued to peck at his head. I sighed and simply said, All right. To which Sarah responded by exploding into a chorus of cheers and seizing Frank and Teddy's paws and jumping around in circles.
1: Hallelujah! I got the gerber. <laughs> I am not aware of what is being discussed, though so I will simply mirror your excitement. He boomed, and I
2: noted with pleasure that Miss Robbins seemed to regard him with an obvious distaste. Miss <coughs> Hatcherface,
0: Would you like to step inside and take a seat?
2: Miss Hatcherface smiled kindly at Miss Robbins, but the old English slash satanic magic teacher must have been immune to Miss Hatchaface's charm. She simply shot her a disgusted look and huffed her way into the house and up the stairs, the long reptilian tail flopping ridiculously on each step as she climbed. Later that night, I was ready to hop in the shower and wash the (laughs) sit off after a particularly vigorous discussion with Miss Hatchetface when I realized that my towel was gone. I assumed that Miss Hatchetface had put it in the laundry, and so I let the water running and made to leave when I saw her through the crack in the door. She was hunched over holding something cupped between her hands and speaking to it I can't explain why, but I closed the door again Until just a tiny open space remained and pressed my ear up against it I could only hear I could (coughs) only just hear what she was saying
0: Yes, yes
2: She whispered to whatever was in her hands
0: The old woman is here now And she called me a tart Thank you very much
2: She paused as if listening to something that I couldn't hear.
0: No, no, it's fine. He doesn't expect a thing. Everything is going according to plan.
2: She paused again, this time for longer, and I began to wonder if she might've heard me, but then I heard the familiar whoosh of air that often accompanied the black and purple flames that meant something was vanishing into hell, followed by her footsteps trailing off downstairs. I decided the towel could wait, and it might behoove me to go ahead and hop into the shower. When I got out, a clean, dryer, warm towel was hanging on the outside doorknob of the bathroom. I toweled myself off, and I had just finished wrapping it around my waist when Miss Hatchetface came back in.
0: Oh, you finished! Yeah. I was beginning to worry that you drowned in there.
2: Uh, n- no, um, some of the soot was really caked on. I lied. She giggled again, but I saw something in her eyes that looked like suspicion. Hey, I said, breaking the awkward silence that had fallen. Did I hear you say something to me while I was in the shower? Me? Miss Hatchetface's eyes widened in surprise, though feigned or genuine, I couldn't tell.
0: I was as quiet as a mouse, just reading one of your books.
2: Sure enough, one of my books was cracked open on the nightstand, but the uneasy feeling didn't go away. And as I lie awake that night, Miss Hatchetface's little pink chest softly rising and falling <laughs> next to me, I wondered what exactly it was that I didn't expect.
0: You didn't expect to see this pussy, did you?
2: Oh, shit, no, girl. Part 6. <clears throat> Satan's Secret
1: Plan. I'm gonna turn Frank and Teddy into a fuck. Doll teddy. with <laughs> A fucking teddy, Miss Haggerty face oh, type, hell yeah. type pink puss. Hallelujah! Oh. <coughs> <coughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Have you been nerdy, Ernest? Nerd? <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, Black Santa. It was me who put the duty on the basketballs. Hallelujah! <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I guess I just imagined Medea coming up as the teacher, and I couldn't wait to say it.
2: No, I, I approve of it. It's,
1: pretty, it's, it's punctual. Guys, right? If you want to hear Medea in your next episode, no or leave a like, comment, and, no. and subscribe to me on OnlyFans.com to, where to. I dress as Medea <laughs> while jerking off to Jack Nicholson DVDs on socks and shoes. Hey. I'm Jack
0: Nicholson right.
2: Early. <laughs> the next movie he's gonna jack off on is Must Love Dogs 1998 <coughs> the next morning I was a little bit tired and a lot hungry Miss Hatchetface had insisted on bringing me breakfast in bed again when I stumbled downstairs to find that my living room had been demolished Miss Robbins had set up a blackboard against the far wall and was drawing bizarre satanic symbols all over it with chalk, while Sarah sat at rapt attention in a desk that looked as if it had been stolen from her kindergarten. For just a moment, I couldn't help but think of how adult Sarah looked, her bright blue eyes greedily scanning over the board as she drank in its knowledge. I felt a little pang of my little girl's grown-up blues (coughs) before I shook it off, telling myself it was far too early for that next to Sarah's desk gaped a large black pit with burn marks around it every once in a while Frank and Teddy would throw a cheeto fruit into it and a large purple tentacle would shoot up from the darkness and catch it midair before slithering back down into the darkness the catch had been pushed up against the staircase the cushions had somehow been transformed to red patent leather and two large rounded horns sprouted from either side That's hard. I sighed giving the hole in the ground a (coughs) wild berth as I went to the kitchen and grabbed a beer from the fridge before plopping down on my couch. I heard a, Hey, watch where you stick that thing from my couch and leapt back to my feet. The couch decided it doesn't like being sat on all the time, Daddy, Sarah said, turning and smiling sweetly up at me. Oh, okay. I suppose next the carpet will decide it doesn't want people to walk all over it. Sarah giggled Don't be ridiculous, Daddy I took a big gulp of my beer The courage
1: of the couch is to be commended
2: Frank and Teddy intoned in his monstrous baritone
1: It has risen above its station in life and will soon dominate the humans that once saw fit to make it their seat slave
2: What? I began, but Miss (coughs) Hatchetface cut me off
0: have some more Cheeto fruit, Teddy. You get cranky when your blood sugar's low.
1: No demon in hell has the authority to command me, but Satan himself.
2: Have some Cheeto fruit, Sally.
1: Okay.
2: With what he lifted up, with that he lifted up the wheelbarrow full of fruit that was next to him and tipped it down his throat. The sparrow on his head squawked in protest, and Miss Robbins eyed the display with snobbish displeasure.
1: Her, ver. she said. I don't know why Satan thought that this was appropriate companion for a little girl. When I was her, kept an evil unicorn. Her, verse, Strider. Uh, I kept an evil
2: unicorn, Strider. Her voice drifted off dreamily. There, he was a peer her.
0: There wasn't a
2: dinosaur? Miss Hatchet Voice asked, voice dripping, with faux honey. That mm, Appar- was my boy had for <laughs> her. <a> <laughs> apparently, she hadn't taken it kindly when Miss Robbins had called her
1: a strawberry tart the day before. I like that phrase though. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Faux honey? Like a like like a like a lie. No, like you're lying. It's like a compliment we can't, we lie. Can't talk about that. Yeah, it's like a compliment lie. Like there, its an insincere
2: oh. comment. It's so, um, its an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, it's a—it's like um—it's if that one coworker that was bitch to me was here, I'd be like, "Wow, faux that honey. black hair looks really nice." That'd be dripping with some faux. <laughs> that be faux fucking honey. Nice. Um. And just where is that supposed to mirror Miss Rabbit?
2: Miss Robbins, <laughs> Miss Robbins <laughs> asked, <laughs> swelling up indignantly like a great big bullfrog ready to burst. I believe the
1: lady hatchet face is implying that you are
2: old. Uh, Frank and Teddy said, wiping the che- wiping the <laughs> Cheeto dust off on the couch. Who let out a disgruntled grumble.
1: <laughs> yes, the lady her face is approaching seventeen thousand years of age herself. Perhaps she's merely implying that you look extremely old. Yes. Oh, this is... Here, sir, we well, aren't all half and eh? Be- because of the wrinkles? Yes, I understand my parents And the horn's bag. Frank and
2: Teddy finished. <coughs> Miss Robin's finger began to wag dangerously in Frank and Teddy's direction, and I decided that I had better cut it in before there was any more trouble. So, I said a little too loudly, what exactly are you guys learning today?
1: We are learning about the fundamental demonic procedure,
2: came Mrs. Robin's sharp retort.
1: And afterwards, perhaps uh, a lesson in etiquette for your dear. Uh. <laughs> it is not polite to interrupt a
2: teacher's research. Right. <laughs> and what about the giant squid hole in my living room?
0: <laughs> we, we opened a portal to the
2: netherworld, Daddy. Sarah said with the casual ease of someone explaining what they'd had for breakfast that morning. It's like Hell's Basement, where all the incomprehensible beings that existed in the black void of nothingness before the universe was birthed live. Huh? I replied, <clears throat> taking another gulp of beer. Just then, a low ro- a low rumbling, rumbling. Just then, a low rumbling growl emitted from the hole, shaking the picture frames off the walls and sending cracks through the ceiling. Could we maybe shut that? We haven't learned how to shut portals yet. Sarah replied. Okay. I took another sip of beer, realized that it was just air, because the beer was already gone, and wandered off into the kitchen to see if I could scrounge up something resembling human food. Whoa,
1: this guy's an alcoholic, man. Yeah, man,
2: like dad, father of the year. <laughs> brother,
0: man! Brother, my brother!
2: <laughs> I opened the refrigerator, and my hair blew back as a deep, infernal roar erupted from within, and I slammed the door shut. Sarah? I called out to the living room. Yes, Did you open a portal to the netherworlds inside the refrigerator? Yeah, Daddy! I sighed, closed my eyes tightly, and rubbed my temples. Groceries are fucking expensive. As I stared into the blackness of my of the back of my own eyelids, an idea occurred to me. The night before, I had puzzled over the problem of Miss Hatchetface. Mysterious conversation with no one until the early hours in the morning. I could not come to any sort of conclusion. My head fogged by lack of sleep and the gentle warmth that perpetually radiated from Miss Hatcherface's skin. Yet now, I realized that whatever was going on, Satan was surely behind it. After all, he was the one who sent Miss Robbins up, and he was the one in charge. And perhaps most importantly, he was the one who had buzzed me down to hell every time I called his customer service department with a complaint. At first, that had irritated me. It was almost as bad as dealing with Comcast customer service here on Earth, but now it could be an opportunity, an opportunity for me to get down to hell and snoop around a bit. <coughs> I slid my phone out of my pocket and hit the number for Hell's customer service hotline, which I had saved on my phone. It was picked up after one ring and the familiar pushy voice of a customer service representative answered.
1: Welcome to Hell's customer service, how may I help you today? <laughs> you, you,
2: you know, that joke's getting pretty tired.
1: You don't say, well, why don't you come up with something better
2: then? Seems like a lot of effort. The voice on the other end sighed and mumbled something about lazy writing. Is this Mr. Rogers again? She asked, her tone telling me that she already knew the answer yes I wanted to talk about the portal to the netherworld and my yeah, Please help. the line clicked and I noted with some confusion <clears throat> that the old music was Creed's can you take me higher the line clicked again and Satan's enthusiastic voice answered David buddy he almost yelled into the earpiece did he turn to Christopher Walken what's shaken? it's Darren I said. What's shaking is the gaping pit to the netherworld that Sarah opened up in the middle of my living room. Oh, well, that's no good. Is Gary down there? Who's Gary? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Gary is the giant octopus whose ink is the source of the universe's dark matter. Well, there is a giant octopus. All right, well... I'll send someone to close that portal up right away. How does Tuesday work for you? Satan, it's Wednesday right now. I meant the Tuesday after next. Satan, there's a giant octopus living beneath my living room who could squirt dark matter all over my furniture at any moment. Could we maybe talk about this face to face? I, uh... I'm a little busy right now, Darren. Don't worry. I'll send someone within a few months. What happened to Tuesday? You know know what? Buzz me down, then. Okay. But I'm not at the office. Where are... But my voice was drowned out by the roar of black and purple fire that swallowed my hole, sucking me down. S- swallowed my hole.
1: <laughs> sucking me down. Swallowed swallow my hole. Sucking me down or swallowed my hole.
2: Swallowed me whole, sucking me down to, me whole, S- me down to hell <laughs> like human flavored soda through a straw. I stumbled across the rusted red dirt and cracked volcanic stone as I landed in hell, although just where in hell I had no idea. It seemed to be some sort of construction site where giant purple-skinned behemoths hauled around gurgers made from ancient yellow bones of some even larger beast. I stood on a hill overlooking it all, and from my perspective it seemed as if the demons were laying down a monumental pentagram flat across the enormous expanse of blood-red sand. Torches stood at each of the five points, made from trees so tall that they could have held up Earth itself. Inside each gap between the star and the circle were archaic looking symbols. I could not explain why, but just looking at them filled me with a deep sense of dread. I looked up to see Satan standing beside me, eyes squinting tight as he surveyed the work, his two polished black horns poking through holes in his plastic yellow construction hat. Hey, Derek! He said, smiling down at me, What are you doing on the ground? I scrambled up to my feet, made a poor job of brushing the dirt off my trousers, and looked at Satan. So, I trailed off. Now that the first part of my plan had actually worked, I realized that I hadn't really given any thought as to what the next part was. What's, um... What are you guys building? Oh, this! It's a park! It's a park in the shape of a pentagram well this is hell derek a pentagram fits the aesthetic it's darren actually what's darren never mind okie dokie derek but as you can see we're a little busy down here in hell and i can't really afford to send anyone up right now to fix the portal in your living room Well i not just ask miss robbins to do it Miss Robbins knows how to do it? I asked, momentarily forgetting I was on a fact-finding mission. Why didn't you just tell me that over the phone? Well, you seemed like you were in an awful hurry to get down here. I thought maybe you missed me. What? Is there anything else you need, Derek? As you can see, I'm a little bit busy here. All you're doing is watching other people work. You're damn right! I'm the boss down here, and the boss's job is to watch other people work, and silently project the idea that they should be working harder. Um, anyway, I'll see you soon, Derek. You will? But Satan didn't respond. Instead, the familiar black and purple flames kicked up around me, and I once again felt the sensation of being sucked up through a straw. I landed back in my kitchen, elbows and knees banging hard against the linoleum floor. I struggled back up to my feet and saw that the portal in the living room had been sealed. Here, the octopus was gone, though the burn marks on my carpet remained. Satan called while you were on your way up. He told Miss Robbins to seal that hole up because he didn't like Gary. It wasn't a very nice thing to say, Daddy. But I, I didn't. Grrr! the rumble vibrated from somewhere deep below, deep below the earth. I think you heard Gary's feelings, Daddy. You should probably
0: apologize. <laughs> <laughs> my fingers once again
2: found my temples and began massaging as I squeezed my eyes shut against the chaos of my living room. I'd come no closer to finding out what Satan was up to, and I was beginning to wonder if there was any potential side effects from being repeatedly sent to hell and back, and I still hadn't eaten breakfast. My eyes had been shut for an all ten seconds when I heard an earth-shattering, loud bellow in my ears.
1: You appear to be suffering from a headache. Perhaps I can assist
2: you. Frank and Teddy was bent down, his face so close to mine that I could count the particles of Cheeto powder Fuck. at the corners of his mouth no thank you frank and teddy i'm just fine very well i turned toward miss robbins listen miss listen, robbins i don't want to come downstairs to find any more portals to the netherworld in my living room nor do i want to come down to find a couch that talks and is suddenly useless to sit on miss robbins swelled indignantly my teaching methods your teaching methods are just fine if you're teaching it in your own home but as long as you're teaching here, not to mention staying in the guest bedroom, you're going to follow the rules of my household, which, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, includes a no portals to the netherworld clause. Miss Robbins glowered at me like she was a frog, and I was an agile fly who had danced out uh, out of reach of her gaping maw. Luckily, she must have decided that she was too offended for words because she simply stormed off upstairs, reptilian tail thwapping each step as she went up. "'You know,' the couch said, cushions flapping up, as if the three of them composed a giant mouth,
1: "'You're useless to sit on, too, but you don't hear me throwing it in your face.'" "'I believe that the Lady Robbins was wounded
2: by your words.'" Frank and Teddy boomed. But I do
1: not believe the wound to be fatal.
2: I sighed and wondered if it was safe trying to get another beer from the fridge. Oh, yeah, Sarah man. hadn't mentioned anything about the portal in the kitchen being closed, but I knew I had something else to do first. Sarah, I began warily. I'm sorry I interrupted your lesson. It's okay, Daddy. Sarah grinned, her bright blue eyes shining with a child's carelessness. I was ready for a break anyway. Can I go upstairs and play tea party with Frank and Teddy? Of course, honey. Yay! Sarah squealed, screaming up the stairs in a little girl-sized blur before pausing at the banister and shouting at Frank and Teddy,
0: "Come on, silly!"
2: Yeah, but just Sarah. I heard the stairs creak in protest as Frank and Teddy's Ow, immense frame. What? Right <laughs> the nice. the stairs. You're yeah, the stairs. Right. Frame rocketed up them
0: is your head mr rogers
2: i heard miss hatchetface's kind voice at my elbow it's okay
0: are you sure maybe i could make you a snack that would. no nope. uh-huh.
2: miss hatchetface's eyes widened in surprise
0: i just i just meant a, i really want to j- be a nice kid. <laughs> <laughs> i
2: just meant um my mind stalled as if it searched for an excuse i'll feel better once i get this mess cleaned up in the living room Miss Hatchetface said cheerily, <laughs> We made our way over to the miniature mock classroom, Miss Hatchetface to the blackboard, and me to the desk. Miss Hatchetface listed, lifted the blackboard over her head and began carrying it towards the garage, but I didn't touch the desk. I was looking at something I saw in Sarah's notebook. The page she had been taking notes on had been ripped out, but there was a familiar figure in the indentations on the next page. I took the pencil she had carelessly left on the desk and been in, and began to edge it lightly over the indentations of the paper. When I had finished, I was staring at something I'd definitely seen before. That day, in fact. A large pentagram dominated the page, with little archaic symbols dotted between each gap between the star and the outer circle. They were the exact same symbols I'd seen in the colossus under construction in Hell. I don't know what Satan is planning. But I do know that whatever it is, Sarah is
1: involved.
2: And I i think this might actually be a newer story, because that's all I have right now.
1: Um, I, listen, if the rest comes out before the end of this year, we've got to do the show. God. Give
2: me one second to check. No.
1: Mrs. Hatch, see it was written in 2017. Popped if... out her pussy and put it right on his nose cuz he was a good boy. The end. The end is Sarah fucks the bear. Aren't sex. They're slathered in butter. And Paula Dean comes out.
2: That's the end of the story.
1: Great. The moral of the story is, kids shouldn't write letters. They shouldn't write at all.
2: So this story um, was made two years ago, and there hasn't been a follow up since. So I don't know if there's a companion series. Maybe I'll leave that up to you guys. If there is a companion series, find it. Let us know.
1: Find it. Um, that's all. It?
2: That's all we have, though. I feel like um, I feel like there wasn't a conclusion. You know, like yeah. Like what? What happened? Um, you know, I think our our assumption is correct that she isn't really the daughter of um, mm-hmm. of Darren. I think she's probably a daughter of Satan, um, because the wife is dead. Well, he said you missed me, which is a little weird. Um, but uh, I think the the wife died and maybe had an affair with Satan at some point and um you know maybe that's why she died but uh that's it there really isn't much more to say i i wouldn't say it's uh it's heavily christmas themed i would actually say it was very loosely christmas themed because the only christmas part of it was the getting the teddy for christmas which is you know it is a big part of it but satan really isn't close to santa at all Satan is like, uh, like your sugar daddy.
1: You know what I just oh, show me that pussy. You, you? you know what I just realized. What did you just realize? How can the Bible and all these religions have depictions of heaven and hell? Yeah. When nobody knows where we go, for all we know, heaven could be a shithole.
2: Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where
1: well, who am I fucking? Where did you come from? Cotton Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Yeah, you know it, it was a well, story. That's a, pop-
2: that's a popular saying, you know. Well, yeah, that, like that, that heaven, you know. Maybe maybe you know all the religions of the world should stop. <laughs> s- should stop thinking of heaven as something you have to attain, and instead live your life as if it was heaven on like, earth.
1: Like, like this is Indagana de Vida.
2: Yeah, man. Like, in the garden of Eden. <laughs>
1: in the garden of Eden, honey. No. I love chocolate. Honey. <laughs> we love hot dogs, honey.
2: I'm a fucking hot, hot dog. dog. <laughs> oh, there's Satan, there's Santa, and there's Santana. <laughs> 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 Banana
0: <deal. laughs>
2: It was a hot one
0: <laughs>
2: Cause I'm a hot dog <laughs> So smooth Just like a bun In your oven Smooth pink and crispy for your mouth to see
1: Baby I'm a fucking hot dog baby Eat me so, give me your bun, make it real. Let's get ketchup and mustard. Bro. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: This is probably only funny because we're on edibles, but I think that that was
1: genius. I thought that was great. I, listen, I could still smash some lyrics together.
2: <laughs> smash them, bro. You're
1: my brother, man. I'm fucking to your phone calls, man. Come over. Oh my god
2: So uh Hot
1: dog
2: This was episode Oh (laughs) One hundred and fifty four Christmas Cause I'm a whore Part four A whore This was lots of pasta And um With Captain Death And Frowns McBoohoo
1: Merry Christmas from a deer. <laughs> Hallelujah. I fucking, I fucking hate this. Give it
0: out to the day's end. Land until we stand at the shore, at the shore.